Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. Well, good afternoon, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I'll just say a couple of things. First of all, he has asked me to say something about what's happening out there. Uh, that is a story on its own, I think, uh, because I lived through some of this during Idi Amin's time here, and it always depends on who tells you, <laughs> if you understand what I mean. So one person says, this is what is happening. Another person says, this is what is happening. So I can tell you at least a little bit of what has happened for me and what the situation is as you go out, because that's where I passed. Uh, one, <clears throat> we came in actually quite early, because I had another meeting in Kampala somewhere else, and then after that we drove to the university coming through the East Gate, and uh, we were trying to take the route that passes by Nkrumah Hall, and then we saw students marching down, and some of them half-running, so that cautioned us that that route would not be usable. So we went back, stopped at the police station, and the police station, uh, after a few discussions, they told us, you know, it may be better for you to get out. So we actually got out and we went, but before we actually left, there were two riot police cars which went out the east gate, and I think what they wanted was to intercept the students who were marching because we had heard they were trying to go to the mortuary to claim the bodies and bring them on campus. And so they went there and then we had gunshots. We said, well, I think this is not the right place to be. Let's go. So we went through the main gate, went out for a while, and then you know, just kept in communication. And I'm sorry, I have kind of discouraged your other speaker, Dr. Edison Kalenjo. Because when I saw what the situation was, I said, now, it's going to be a little difficult. Now, coming back, uh, when we eventually came back inside, we were driving along this road. Then ahead, we realized there was a roadblock by the students. So we decided then to park at the community center for St. Francis, for those of you that know it. Uh, we thought, well, at least this, is, this might be safe enough. Thank you very much. Uh, this might be safe enough, and that's where the university chaplain found us, Kanone Bong, and uh, he has been my host all this time, taking me to his home and saying, let's leave the car there, let's not do anything with it, because any car that was coming to the roadblock was being taxed, if you know what that means. <laughs> the students ask you for some payment before you pass. So... Yeah, Kanone Bong then had to get into the car and say, I will take you to food uh, and agriculture technology. So that's why I ended up coming with him, uh, so that I would be well protected. Isn't it interesting? Instead of being protected by the police, I'm now under guard of the chaplain. <laughs> okay, so there is still, it's, the situation is still a bit fluid. But essentially, all they are doing is to stop cars border borders, and ask for money. Um, that's really what they've been doing. There was an eating place that was kind of, uh, you know, they went and found food there and started eating it, but 
it's not, there is nothing more than that. For people who are going out, it's mainly the money that they are looking to. Well, let me, I think that is as much as I can say about that situation, because I really don't know much more. I know police are scattered everywhere, and wherever they move, the students scatter, but then they regroup. So it's in, out, in, out, that kind of thing. So you don't know exactly what you, but if you can stop somewhere, not go, uh, and then go when it is clear, that's the only way I think that we have to do it. Uh, now, <clears throat> let me just introduce myself maybe very briefly, but at least a little bit more. As you heard, my name is John Senyonyi, and uh, strangely ended up in theology and evangelism, and the way I normally describe myself is by profession, I am a mathematical statistician, by calling, I'm an evangelist, and by occupation, I'm a university administrator. The Lord will straighten me out one day. <laughs> That's all I can say. But I came to the Lord Jesus Christ in 1976 as a young student at the University of Nairobi, and uh, that is in 1976. And in fact, we were so used to this kind of thing, except that it wasn't spilling over as much as I see now. But we would have riots. Oh, should we? Riot sounds very violent. They were not really that violent as students. But we would make sure we messed up uh, the city, walked through and whatnot, and everything stops. But we never destroyed anybody's stuff, actually. Uh, that is the interesting thing. And we had one particular day in the year that everybody had to watch. And uh, if I remember correctly, I'm not very sure about the date, but I think it was March 3rd. And it was called J.M. Karyuki Day. When it was J.M. Karyuki Day, because that's the day when he was killed, we would be out for this kind of thing. Now let me, uh, I think, uh, without wasting too much time, because we really need to uh, move on this. First of all, I, I'll give my apology that uh, I had wanted to do a lot more work on this paper, but I actually fell ill at a time when I was working on it, and it became very difficult uh, for me to do much more. So you'll forgive me if there are areas that are not quite tidied up, but I do hope it's, uh, it will be at least clear. So I'll go straight into the paper, read it, and then we can have opportunity to ask questions. So first of all, with the introduction, and the introduction for me is something about the state of Christendom uh, currently. There is an increasing and biblical fascination with wellness in the Christian community, and I think all of us are aware of that. As it was said to some of us at a funeral recently, the promise of a heavenly home is no longer as appealing to the contemporary Christian as it used to be. People are more concerned about here and now. Get myself a car. If I'm sick, you just do this and God heals and that kind of thing. This may be a response to a secular criticism, and the president has done a fair bit of that, of the Christian's preoccupation with the good afterlife. We will do well to remember that even the brethren of the years past who lived for heaven, they were inspired by that same vision to make a better living for themselves and for others in this life. 
So to me it is an unfair criticism because I do know that the believers who actually preached heaven with all their heart are at the same time the same people who transformed much of the society today. So the criticism, in my opinion, holds no water. The result is that the Christian is left to clutch at any straw of mystical powers and faith-based promises. Not to mention the latest offers of a tranquil life here and now. Consequently, the health and wealth or prosperity gospel, as you probably, uh, I saw you have a paper on that and I'm glad you do. And I put gospel in inverted commas. Because I think Paul says very clearly in Galatians chapter 1, note that there is another gospel. There is none. And this has gained undue popularity and led to a selfish focus on one's well-being. So much so that many Christians today view their faith only through the lenses of their well-being. There is a tension for Christians which he will do well to handle with healthy suspicion. It is true and it must be affirmed that our Lord does will our good health and promises to meet our needs. Okay, we must not go to the other extreme. I believe that God indeed cares for us. But simultaneously, the Lord also wills above all our final rest in his presence. I'm convinced that it is this preoccupation with one's health and wealth that has led many to seek by any means possible from everywhere possible all manner of therapies. You know, if I can just have a little swipe on this one, uh, something that a carpenter who was working on my house actually told me about one of the pastors in this country um, who built a house, magnificent, expensive, I don't know what words to use. And the carpenter told me he's the one who fitted the door in this pastor's house. And he told me it cost $20,000, the door alone. You get it? Just the door. $20,000. There is a genuine hunger among them, which even some Christian leaders have taken advantage of. Therefore, when a therapy is introduced that promises them heaven here on earth, the heavenly Christian, the ordinary Christian, will clutch at it vociferously. Furthermore, the Christian is unable to distinguish between genuine therapies and what is cultic or even occultist. Usually, the cue is in the beliefs espoused, the faith required and the level of meddling in the spiritual world requisite for the benefits proposed. In other words, they tend to promise all sorts of things but also require something from you which stand in opposition to the orthodox faith of God's church. Now let me just do a very brief, and honestly, I'm doing very, very brief, uh, brief uh, definitions here in case you do not know what the terms stand for. And certainly some of them, at least those that I'm likely to use in this paper. The first one, if you've heard of it, is QuestNet International. This is a Hong Kong-based company that markets the biodisc products using e-commerce. And in Uganda, it is marketed by a company called Titans. And many people haven't even heard about that. And the product goes for almost 600 I think something like $570. That's what it is. But you know, of course, what they sell, they promise you anything that you can ever think about. 
Biodisc, regarded as the miracle healing nanotech, is a glass-like circular concave device. And I'm sorry, I should have drawn a circle around that to connect the, uh, to connect, uh, to, 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 to leave the small circles inside there. And, uh, but it has seven circles, as you can see there, six around one at the center. And is claimed to consist of 13 elements that in their molecular composition produce therapeutic energy called scalar energy. Now, some of these might be a little technical, isn't it? I beg your pardon? Oh, you don't have the paper. Oh, it was not distributed. I beg your pardon. Okay, then I'll try to explain a little bit, a little bit some. Okay, I'm sure you are, they're getting one later or? Electronic one. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I wasn't aware of that. When they asked me for the paper, I knew they were going to give it to you. So, uh, but if you can get an electronic one, that would be great. So the biodisc, and I do have actually a spare copy if you wanted to photocopy later. Uh, I could leave it. Actually, even the one that I have, because I have it soft copy. So the biodisc is like six circles. There is a, a circle in the middle, and then there are six circles around it. And it's a glass-like thing when you look at it. And that glass-like thing is assumed that when it, it, it emits scalar energy, I'm going to say something about scalar energy a little bit better, but like it can purify water, it can purify this, it can purify that. In fact, the promise is that it can purify virtually every liquid. And how does it purify it? That when you put the biodisc into, into a liquid like water, then the molecular composition of the water, which is not always perfect, somehow rearranges itself so that the molecules are ordered. And for that reason, it allows you to have water that is therapeutic. Okay, in other words, that is of benefit in terms of keeping your body or even making it better and that kind of thing. So that's what we are talking about. And the secret to that energy, to, the, to that uh, therapy, is actually scalar energy, which many people have actually called a pseudoscience. In other words, something that looks like science. Now, it, it depends on who you talk to. If you talk to the proponents, the proponents of scalar energy and the biodisc, they will speak very highly of scalar energy. It is said, scalar energy is said to be a force emitted by the biodisc, that disc, that enables healing or preventive properties. They normally sometimes try to go soft on the healing aspect, although they do not quite go away from it. <clears throat> it is claimed that this energy rejuvenates the molecular structure in all liquids restoring them to their natural state. That's what I was just explaining. Restoring them to their natural state and consequently aiding therapeutic properties by the fact that the molecules now are better ordered. The last, so, I mean, we can talk about all these, but I think these three are the major ones. I should say that alternative therapies may be difficult to enumerate because the truth of the matter is they are everywhere. People promise anything, anywhere. 
I mean, there are things like acupuncture, there are things like yoga, which are mere examples of so many others that have preoccupied people in their pursuit of well-being. The third part that I want to deal with are the claims of the biodisc and their basis. What do the proponents of the biodisc actually say? The claims of the biodisc are based on the potency of scalar energy, which, as I've said to you, some people have called a pseudoscience. Not many science will back it up. Not many will talk about it. In fact, you don't find it ordinarily uh, with many of the scientists. This, it is the inherent scalar energy which by its rejuvenating properties, in other words, restoring liquids to their natural molecular state, which thereby brings about the claimed therapies. Now, these are some of the claims. And I have quite a few. They do have a few. And even these, I should tell you, are not necessarily exhaustive. That it reduces swelling and pain associated with inflammation and promotes faster healing of the body. That it promotes unclamping. You know, if blood cells are clamped together, it promotes unclamping of those blood cells and expand blood vessels, thus improving blood circulation. That it enhances the immune and endocrine systems. In other words, it will really boost your own immunity and resistance to diseases. That it has the ability to destroy viruses and bacteria. Thus, it is said that it increases the shelf life of vegetables, fruits, and meats. Because, of course, you know, the thing that destroys vegetables and meats and so on are the bacteria. So if you kill the bacteria, you've done it. And so they claim that it actually destroys viruses and bacteria. That it improves cell wall permeability. Huh? Permeability, that is a kind of porousness. Thus facilitating the intake of nutrients into each and every cell. So that foods can enter your body and flow through to the different parts of the body well. Which is usually called cellular nutrition. And also improves the elimination of waste from each and every cell. Uh, which is called cellular detoxification. That it increases the energy covalent level of every single hydrogen atom in the body as verified. Now, some of these, to be honest, are too complex. You can go and read them up. I'm not going to be detained by them. If you've done chemistry, which I last did in 1976, you are fine. Helps to retard the aging process. So if you don't want to grow old, if you don't want to, gray, to get gray hairs like I do, or to lose your hair, or to begin sagging on the face, then the biodisc is for you. That it relieves the stiffness, aches, and soreness associated with aging. We are going to banish aging, you know, at this rate. That it allows an increase in blood circulation and encourages a healthy flow of nutrients to your skin that in turn helps relieve acne, you know, on your skin, uh, eczema. Uh, uh, now, many of you, I think, will know eczema, uh, very often associated even with asthmatic people and so on. You get one of them. It's a, it's a family of diseases. And then there are some other diseases I don't know. And burns. 
It will also encourage the healing of lesions and minor cuts on your body. You know, that if you have a small cut or whatever, you can be healed. And it's a major, the biodisc, they say, is a major benefit to high cholesterol. Now, many of us Ugandans don't even bother to think about high cholesterol. I do. I do, and my wife and I, we are very careful now what we eat and how we live. And I want to encourage every Christian, please. Uh, you know, Christians are not known for exercising. I do exercise even this morning I was out. Please do. But anyway, these people are saying to you, you don't need to exercise. The high cholesterol will go down and without eating too much, uh, without eating some of those high cholesterol foods. Uh, the back pain, gastritis, uh, that's really more within the... Um, what is the word? The system, the digestive system. Digestive system. Diabetes mellitus, a stroke, rheumatism, migraine, gout. Huh? <laughs> you know gout. Uh, many of us do get it. The feet. Anemia, headaches, prostate problems, osteoporosis, arthritis, stress, vertigo, goiter, asthmatic. You can go on and on. That with the biodisc, you're safe. These claims have not been verified through independent, rigorous uh, scientific testing. I better say that. These are claims. So as I said, it depends on who you talk to. If you talk to the proponents, they will tell you all this. If you talk to other scientists, and many scientists have written on this, then they will tell you, no, it has not been Proved. I actually even found out one article that had been removed uh, from the, I don't exactly know what happened, but it was saying, you know, it was proved not to be true. Some of the things that were being said. These are generally based on the promoters of the biodisc, these kinds of claims. Let me go to my fourth section here, science and alternative therapies. I learned very long ago, when I was still actually doing my PhD in statistics, that you have to be very careful with everybody who keeps on saying science has proved. Only last week, this wasn't science, this was more of social science, I guess. It was not hard science. But someone wrote a, an article, I don't know if you saw it, last week in the New Vision, and he was saying marriage has been shown to be, it has outlived its time, something like that. Yeah. Did you see that? And how did he begin? He said, researchers have shown. <laughs> and that way they try to tell you, don't read anywhere else. It has been proved. Now the problem is, those who are speaking the truth use the same language, and those who are lying use the same language. So the question is, how scientific is the science employed in the claims? Especially when science is not tested by others and proven. The other thing that I think as Christians, and I'm not answering these questions fully here, the other question as Christians we must be careful to understand for ourselves. Are science and faith incompatible? We do have uh, a society at uh, Uganda Christian University which we've called the Areopagus Society. The purpose for that is to try and grapple with the issues 
of science vis-a-vis faith. But, you know, in my understanding, God is not anti-science at all. He created it. We must, as Christians, affirm that all truth is God's truth. There is actually a book by that name. Small book. Therefore, scientific truth is no less God's truth than history or geography than even the gospel. God's truth is there as well. When science is applied rightly, there should never be reason for the Christian to doubt that the results will be consistent with God's word. I've never had reason to change my belief in that. What constitutes science? And I'm only mentioning a few things very quickly. Observation, empirical evidence, in other words, evidence that is the most observable at the lowest level, Consistency. If something is proved scientifically, it has to be consistent. Measurability. It has to be measurable. And when the same experiment is repeated under the same conditions, the same results will occur. The same results. You see, science is like that. And that in many ways distinguishes it, by the way, from history. Because history, you observe it, it's done, and you move on. You can't say, oh, it's happening again. It goes without saying that a scientist who puts forward research results will gladly desire that other scientists subject his results to scientific testing. If I'm a scientist, I come up with a result, I have no fear to subject it to scientific testing. By the way, let me give you one, uh, I'm sorry for these little digressions, but I'm not very far from finishing. Some years ago, and I read a book on this uh, by a gentleman from the American Psychiatrist uh, uh, Association, APA. Some years ago, someone whose name now I have forgotten, went to a conference of the APA, And he had done his research, he said, and it had proved, it had proved that homosexuality is genetic. Now I'm sure you still hear the story. People still say it, isn't it? After that was done, after he had presented his paper, his tests were subjected to tests. And they were proved to have been false. Papers, subsequent papers actually were presented in the APA to disprove what he had said. But have you heard any people report to you that actually they were disproved? The journalists and uh, Bishop Senyonjo, if he's a bishop anymore, <laughs> whatever, they are still saying homosexuality is genetic. Actually, there is absolutely no evidence to that. It's not genetic. So that's why I'm saying we need to be very careful. All scientific results can be subjected to more tests and if they are true, it will not be changed. That's why I believe very strongly that all truth is God's truth. 
There is a quote here that I'm going to read uh, to you from proponents of the biodisc. And it is therefore curious and should raise our suspicions with respect to the products of Questnet. And he talks about the biodisc and says, the biodisc, it has another name that I find difficult to pronounce, is an innovative development by Dr. Ian Lyons. I'm quoting. This natural energy generating device has been independently tested by Prognos. And incidentally, Prognos is always the one that is quoted how it has tested. You won't find any other scientists who have tested it. It's only Prognos. Every proponent will say Prognos has tested. Prognos has tested. But now listen. The biodisc is not regulated, and this is someone from within, he's saying, it's not regulated or approved by Food and Drug Administration and the Therapeutic Goods Australia. Now these, you may not know, but I have lived fortunately in both countries, these are the bodies that regulate, a, bit, a little bit like our, what is this consumer thing? Huh? The Bureau of Standards. Exactly. For foods and drugs. Okay, that's, that's, what the, that's what these bodies actually do. Now, he's saying that the biodisc cannot be subjected to those. And, and listen, neither FDA nor TGA will ever be applied for. Their certificates will never be applied for. This is at the request of the inventor Dr. Ian Lyons. Now listen. <laughs> to me that is already very suspicious. Because if I'm speaking the truth, why do I fear to subject it to a test? I don't have any reason to subject it. With respect to other alternative therapies, uh, like acupuncture or yoga, Christians need to note the source of the therapies and the claims attendant. Let us remember that these are not the first therapies, and they are certainly not the last to be marketed. The following broad principles need to be considered in evaluating any new therapies. And I'm going to give you five broad principles that I believe are important for Christians to consider when these new products come on board. Because each of them comes with certain claims. And I want to raise these. First of all, what scientific support, genuine scientific support, is available for the new therapy? We cannot depend entirely on the science of the proponents of the product. Any therapy worth its salt is verifiable, and usually therapies are patented internationally. They are patented Indeed, the few scientists who have tried to test the biodisc independently have not been able to validate the results claimed by Dr. Lyons. Secondly, so the, my first point there is what scientific support stands behind the therapy. Because all therapies surely should undergo scientific testing. Secondly, the claims seem to be unusually exaggerated. I just read to you a list of the things that they say you can actually be helped with if, you, if only you used the biodisc. When we read the list of remedies, one may think that with the biodisc alone we may be able to solve all the world's health problems. 
they sound otherworldly, definitely exaggerated. Thirdly, consider if they have any religious source and what that is. For example, the reference to the Confucian yin and yang, yin and yang theory, or the Hindu-based transcendental meditation book titled Sphere of Silence in the Biodisc claims should cause us to question and preferably avoid them. Because they make reference to them. On the other hand, acupuncture. Now acupuncture, by the way, that term can be used very, very broadly. So you need to know what you're talking about when you talk about acupuncture. There is a form of acupuncture that is practiced by our pastoralists, by the way. When they shoot through, if a, if a cow is uh, dizzy and moving in circles, you've seen that, haven't you? They shoot through one of the veins so that blood flows out and so on. It actually heals them. And they get better. I don't know how many of you have seen that. I grew up seeing... So that's another form of acupuncture anyway. Our own homegrown. But acupuncture, they are acupuncture forms that I have to say are definitely very religious. And I, I always have to be very careful talking about acupuncture. But when it is connected to religious connections, then I have to be very careful. When a therapy has, fourthly, when a therapy has spiritual or esoteric claims, in other words, that to actually enjoy the benefits of this, you have to be an insider of sorts. An insider of sorts. Then it must be held with utmost suspicion. Because God does not say, I'm giving this group here this. It's not salvation which must be received and therefore enjoyed. So I'm saying this must be held with utmost suspicion. This applies to many of the therapies rooted in the Eastern mysticism. And actually which has been popularized greatly with the New Age movement. I think we need to be very careful about that. Yoga is a good example for this. As Christians, we must understand that our heritage is perfect and complete in Christ. There can be no value added to it. And fifthly, it is also suspect when the therapy is tagged onto some pecuniary, some financial benefit to those who promote it. You know, when you read about the biodisc, eventually it becomes a business. A business which, if you get in, you buy the biodisc, then you start promoting it, and then some money goes into your own pocket. So it's suspect, in my opinion. It feeds on the greed of those who promote it. We need to remember that the medical field generally shuns self-promotion for financial gain, which very thing seems to have an upper hand in the QuestNet therapies. The moral behind it, you know, behind this prohibition is that what is medically of benefit to many should not be taken advantage of for our selfish gain. That's why medical, the medical field is very guarded about it. So having said that, let us remember that many of the Christians that come before us lack the discipling that we should have given them to discern between truth and falsehood. To me, you see, brothers and sisters, it really does boil down quite a bit to how much discipling we are doing in our churches. 
how much discipling we are doing. I now was discipled and I have enjoyed the benefits of having been discipled under the navigators. But most churches don't disciple. They really don't disciple. You can stand and even talk about this and prohibit it and whatnot, but people will still go. Until they have seen the truth, they have been discipled to see the truth for themselves. I told you I'm an evangelist, but I'm also a strong believer that we were sent out to make disciples. In conclusion, let me begin with some comments that I picked off the net. Someone made some very interesting statements here. He said, they are not even proper theories, these things about biodisc. If you see anything that claims to get energy from nothing, hold on to your wallet, he says. <laughs> you are either dealing with a crank, most sincerely, but self-deluded, or a pure scam artist. Either way, you are dealing with impossibilities, not just improbabilities. Might be worth paying money for a long short bet for entertainment purposes, but it's never worth betting on a roll of two normal six-sided dice coming up 13. In other words, you really, you really are going for something that, look, I'm going to throw these two dice, and eventually I will end up with 13. And he says that is equal to trusting yourself to the biodisc. Here is another comment. This stuff has no basis in physics. And this was by a scientist, actually. There is no mathematical model that corresponds to any observable. Remember I said science observes. Any observable or testable phenomenon. I have skimmed through a couple of descriptions cited. There is a lot of jargon thrown around by the proponents that sounds vaguely scientific. But it's meaningless, as far as I can tell. Then he quotes something that I think I will not quote. You will see it for yourself, because I think it may not make much sense if you are not looking at it. And the third one says, that said, the placebo effect, you know what placebo, in science when you do a test... If you want, for example, to test a vaccine for HIV, you will test some people with the vaccine itself, and you will test other people, you can just give them even water, as long as it looks like the vaccine, if they're assuming it's liquid. You give them water, and then you observe that they behave. So this is what is called the placebo. It's a kind of make-believe. It's not for real. So that says the placebo effect is real in the sense that certain conditions under certain circumstances will improve with the treatment that does not directly cause any physical or physiological changes. The point that he's making here is that, you see, there are certain things that will actually happen to us if we believe in them. The way we are created as human beings, we are extremely complex. Maybe if you believe it's helpful, it will work for you. But it's probably cheaper and more relaxing to pay for a nice therapeutic massage on occasion. So, as I finish, it is always safe for the Christian to be discerning and to be coin jumping in onto the next new thing on the market. Let us be careful. In Uganda here, we are very good at jumping very quickly into whatever is new. I remember when they opened Nakumat, the talk in town was Nakumat. Nakumat, Nakumat. And everybody wanted to go to Nakumat's supermarket. 
as if there were no other supermarket. I actually took like a month until my children convinced me to go to Nakman, and I found it so expensive it has never become my supermarket. <laughs> Seriously. Unfortunately, many of our Christians are too ignorant and undiscerning, and as I said, discipling is needed. I have my several reasons for being a teetotaler. One of them is ironically drawn from 1 Timothy 5.23. You remember that one? Drink a little wine for you because of your frequent ailments. The reason for the admission implies that for him it was actually medicinal. Since I live in an age with alternative therapies that bear no side effects, because if I take alcohol for my stomach problems, yeah, I may feel better, but... I may also start dancing a little bit. <laughs> so if there is another therapy that can deal with my stomach pains without causing me to walk zigzagging around, what is my preference? To say, Paul was, a doc was doctor enough for me? Or to say, let me take what will not cause me side effects? That's the point I'm making. I reckon it's wiser for me to keep those therapies that are harmless for me. The moral in this is that if therapies offer me no more than what I already have, if I'm not going to, to have value added without the attendant spiritual or moral uneasiness, then I will not endeavor to adopt them. I will not take the biodisc or whatever else if I know that I have these things elsewhere. And in exercising for me, I enjoy myself. When I eat well, I feel good even in the stomach. Rather than eating a mountain. Eh? If what I do leaves more questions than it answers, I will refrain from doing it. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.